This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Got a, a guest host in today. His name's Stephen Fung. He's one of our main contributors and producers behind Get Connected and the App Show. Thanks for coming in, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. App Show, we're all about the world of apps and mobile technology. On today's program, the rise of podcasts. All the big guys are getting into it. Spotify, Amazon, Facebook, even YouTube now. Why? Well, we'll uh, dive into that. We'll also uh, do a crypto year in review. It's been a big year for cryptocurrencies again. Everything from Bitcoin to uh, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Elon Musk's cryptocurrency, and uh, how they're being used with NFTs. We'll uh, give you the lowdown on that. And also our favorite and most used apps of 2021. Getting into some of the uh, mobile and app news, guys, uh, this week. A lot of uh, hype bubbling up now from the metaverse. We've seen Facebook change their name to Meta because that means they're the metaverse, I guess. Uh, There's also Web3, which I guess is kind of the metaverse, another way of calling it. So a lot of people are speaking up about it now. Jack Dorsey, he's the guy behind Twitter. Also Square, now Block. That's getting sued by H&R Block. Which is a whole other story. Uh, He came out and said that Web... Web3 is just a load of crock that the VCs and venture capitalists essentially are hyping up to make money on and it's not really anything. I don't know. Elon Musk is basically coming out as well now saying the metaverse isn't compelling and Web3 is more marketing than reality. I, I tend to agree with Elon. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like you said... Web3 is all the VCs hyping it so they can make money. Yeah. So that's all the marketing stuff. And the metaverse, well, we're not quite there yet. How how far away do you think? So when we're talking about the metaverse, it's kind of the augmented and virtual reality version of the internet. So mm-hmm. it's a way to immerse ourselves in a virtual world. I know we, we're kind of doing that now, but this is kind of the next level with glasses and headsets and things like that. The the problem is, is that there's no good compelling mainstream hardware for this stuff. No, it's expensive. It's not perfect yet. Well, I mean, arguably Oculus has the Quest 2 yep. headset, which is a really nice VR headset uh, that doesn't require a computer or a game console or anything like that. It's self-contained and it's only a few hundred dollars. Yeah. But there's really no killer app for the average person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's lots of interesting games, lots of things that I would consider to be a technical demo, but not something that I'm going to be immersed in and my my world taken over by, right? Yeah. So, and that's the thing with the metaverse is everyone's talking about it being, and, uh, you know, we can use the references like the Matrix or Ready Player One where it's this fully immersive place that you're going to go to. Think of like going to the mall, but you're going there virtually, Right. Yeah. And there's just nobody's making something that anybody can just pick up and use and 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 have a um have a life in this virtual world. Yeah. Because it's still very fragmented. There's lots of companies trying to develop content for the metaverse, but again, they have their own angles and they're all sort of dealing with the fact that Apple, Google, Amazon, whomever doesn't have that compelling killer piece of hardware 
that you're just going to put on like regular glasses and you'll have this other world in your eyesight. So how far do you think we're away? Like how many years before there's anything meaningful that might start sparking people to, to want well, special glasses or a headset? Are we talking five years, 10 years, 20 years? Decade. At least. Yeah, a decade. Because if you think about the internet, the way it is now, yeah, phones and watches and everything like that, that took a good solid decade for everyone to kind of get into it. And then there's proponents saying that maybe we should get out of it because social media is rotting our brains and everything like that. So are we really ready for this next step? And what is it going to look like? There's going to have to be legislation in place to take care of dude, us, right? Dude, dude, legislation in place. <laughs> they, they don't have legislation in place for all the crap that's happened so far. I know. Look at, you know, Facebook and Instagram. They're all being hauled up in front of, you know, the U.S. government, you know, Senate hearings and congressional hearings and nothing, nothing. Have they done anything? Have they done anything? I don't think the lawmakers understand. No. <laughs> oh, so you're gonna, they're going to understand the metaverse? This is the problem. God, no. No. That thing's going to come in like a freight train, freight train at some point, and they're all going to like not know what hit them. Yeah. Essentially. This is big. But like I said, I, I think the metaverse needs somebody like an Apple or a Google or some big compelling partner that's going to deliver that killer piece of hardware that's going to make it so that make it like AirPods or an iPhone or iPods, <laughs> iPods. Yeah. You put them yeah. in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's, what's going to happen one yeah. day, right? Like you'll have contact lenses that will be able to display everything. Yeah. Uh, do you think we need a, uh, like a shepherd to bring us into this new world? But most people believe that's not Mark Zuckerberg. No, <laughs> no, I don't think he's like, he's got the hardware. Gay. Gain the trust. Yeah. Well, they bought o Oculus Rift, yeah. right? Remember they, how smart. much? $4 billion? Yeah, it's a lot of and money. And everyone, when he bought them, they were thinking, why is he buying virtual reality you know, headset company? That's stupid. Yeah. But you can see, like, he obviously has a vision for it. Mm -hmm. He's not a dumb guy. No. 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 It, it's you, you, you have a headset, don't you, John? Yeah, I have, I have the older Oculus. Yeah. And you know, how often do you use it? Not very. No. And Google Glass too, right? I had Google Glass, yeah. I mean, these were all, like I said, technical demos. Like, these are things to show the potential of the technology, but there's nothing in there that made me like, oh, I have to go in every day. Yeah. Right? It's not like checking your email, right? It's not like um, uh, like TikTok, for example. It's a good example of an app that I think we've all come to love. Yeah. And it feeds us what we want, and it's this compelling place to go and yeah, visit. Yeah, that's like, okay. I thought Facebook was crack cocaine. TikTok is yeah. ultra crack co cocaine. Oh, did you know that Tesla's coming with an update? The next update will allow me to watch TikToks <laughs> in my Tesla. While you're driving? God, I hope not. No, no, Mike. <laughs> no, I won't, but I can just see. Like already you can play games. Like the US government's investi investigating Tesla now because people can actually play games while the car is driving on the front console screen, which no, 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 that shouldn't be allowed. Okay, another quick story here, guys. TSA checkpoints down the US will start supporting Apple wallet IDs in February. So we've talked about this. Some states are gonna start allowing their citizens to have their driver's license, for example, in their Apple wallet, a, a digital version. And so the TSA is going to start supporting that in February. I'm kind of excited. That's great news. but. It's going to take a few years for this to actually really come to fruition, right? Because you're still going to carry your ID just in case, right? Well, yeah. And because we're Canadians, we're not going to be allowed to use our IDs that way before Americans can. 
No. Well, none of the provinces have even said anything about allowing this yet. It's There's a not, few states, like it, I think Utah, I forget the other ones, but... It's not even a, a, a thought in the province's eye. No. So... They don't care. No. No. It'll be, honestly, probably five years. And the other issue, too, is that privacy people are going to say, hey, you're unlocking your phone for the TSA? Yeah. For the border people? What are you doing? Yeah, there's a whole can of worms there. But uh, talking about traveling, John, uh, you just came back from Palm Springs. I did. Um, So the vaccine um, QR code that you have. Yeah. We had to get the federal one now. Well, it was interesting. The... The lineup for Air Canada, they basically said you had to basically show the gate agent your your vaccination status. Yeah. And they actually made people in line download the BC Services card app because they didn't have the right stuff. They didn't have it. They didn't have it, which, again, kind of makes me wonder, well, did you do any research before you were going to try to travel? Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, is the QR code for the federal one is the same QR code for the provincial one. Really? It just has a different logo in the top right corner. But they said you have to download the federal app or, or the, the federal version of you it. Have, you have to uh, generate a federal QR Short code. code, yeah. Yeah, but it's the same QR code. Did they scan that? No. So what's the point of the well, damn QR code? No, they didn't code? even scan it. No. You could have just faked one. Right. Photoshop. It's the QR code for a bottle of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> right off the vending machine. Okay, so d- did they check it though? No. What? No, this is the thing that I was so irritated by on on this trip. Um, coming and going, they just looked at QR codes. They didn't scan anything. And even then, coming back, my um, PCR test that I had to get done in the States to come back to Canada, yeah. they just looked at it very cursory. And the, mine, she didn't even zoom in on to see what my results were. She just assumed if I'm going to show it to her, I'm going to show her a negative. You could have shown her anything. You could have shown an email I sent to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it, and, and But that was the only place where anything was checked. We're going to have to take a break. we got so much more here in the app show. Cryptocurrencies year in review. We'll be talking about the rise of podcasts. Should you start getting into that yourself and uh, our favorite and most used apps of 2021 back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. We've got one of our contributors, Stephen Fung, in with us today in the studio. We're going to talk podcasting now. We do our radio show, but we also podcast it as well. We kind of make a, a few modifications to both our app show and our Get Connected shows. And, uh, you know, we put it up to Spotify and iTunes. We do that through Curious Cast. I don't even know how all of it works, but it just kind of does. Uh, but podcasting is a big business now. You know, we've seen with uh, companies like Spotify, uh, get into that. They bought Joe Rogan's podcast. That's one of the most popular podcasts out there. I think he's got hundreds of millions of people following it. I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars for him. We're not quite in that league yet. We're hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. But podcasts have come a long way. I, I mean, I remember back in the 2000s, everyone's like talking about podcasting, podcasting, but they just really never hit huge popularity at that point, did they? I guess they did for nerds somewhat, but now they're mainstream. I mean, we're seeing these things made into TV shows. And like I mentioned, Spotify, Amazon is in the business. Facebook's getting into the business and YouTube as well. Yeah, YouTube uh, has spent a considerable amount of time uh, adding features 
And also uh, they hired uh, a new VP to take care of the, the podcast space because a lot of uploads onto YouTube are actually video podcasts. And they've been trying to figure out for years what to do with this very unique long form content space. So they've been adding little things like forwarding 30 seconds, 10 seconds in certain interfaces if you're part of some of their beta programs. Uh, there's also different interfaces that they're trying out with certain groups uh, on their beta program as well too. Uh, in, in certain markets, um, you might even get a completely different experience that is p- potentially more podcast based. But we're seeing the rise of the podcast this year mainly because everyone's woken up to the fact that they figured out how to make money off of them. And people are making lots of money. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but uh, some of the more popular ones are just like TV shows, essentially. But I think, you know, what, what do you attribute the popularity of podcasts? It's just that they're more versatile, like you can listen to them anywhere, I think, like in the car or like if you're just out for a walk or hike. Well, one of the nice things is commuting. that it's, it's like a magazine, right? Once you download it the first time, you can listen to it over and over again if you wish. Yeah. Right. It's always in your list. You can always go back to it. It's searchable. Uh, one of the things that YouTube is best known for is searchable content. They're the number two search engine behind Google, obviously, yeah. because they're owned by the same company, of right? Of course. Uh, so because it's long-form content, because the technology has gotten so good at targeting different audiences, they can actually insert ads into different versions of the podcast that you download that will live forever in that particular cast. Yeah. So I think that uh, YouTube has finally figured out what that means, how to get it get those ads in there in a a very meaningful way or even partnering with the YouTube creator themselves to do those reads and they have a program available that uh, they're rolling out very limited it's invitation only where you can actually do reads for certain brands and everything and they will pay you well my son works uh, for uh, a a media company in Vancouver here and he says one of their most popular programs right now is uh, podcast audio advertising yeah they're selling literally, you know, millions of dollars of this now. It's targeted, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's and like uh, television itself where you can't really uh, target on the screen as it's happening. You can if it was video on demand. Same thing's happening with audio, right? Yeah. So because of that targeting, because you're having a one-to-one relationship or one-to-many relationship versus the whole group, a relationship with them, you can actually have a much better targeted uh, message, can be more custom. And if the person that runs the podcast delivers that message, even better because you've already got that relationship with that group. Well, again, you know, we talked about some of the companies, uh, you know, the Twitters, Amazons, Facebook, and, and YouTubes of the world getting into this space uh, as well. Obviously, Apple's been doing it for years, uh, you know, through iTunes. Uh, uh, do you think it's a good time to start one now? Uh, well, there's never a bad time to start a podcast. Yeah. I mean, the that's the nice thing is I remember I had my own podcast years ago and you had to buy a bunch of equipment. And yeah, it wasn't cheap. No. No. And there was a lot of hoops you had to jump through just to get it published. Yeah. Now the equipment is very inexpensive, very readily available. The tools are all there to make it very easy to publish anywhere. And there's so many other places like we've just described where your content can be consumed. Yeah. But I mean, just look at the industry that's popped up around it as well, like all the the headphones and the microphones. I mean, there are so many different microphones available now. Yeah. But uh, we use, um, you know, in studio here, we use uh, some condenser mics, uh, the Rodecaster Pro and, you know, some uh, condenser Rode mics as well. But we also got the little um, mini NT1 uh, models as well that are USB that we can plug into our laptop when we're on the go. And they are fantastic. Okay. They're like $120 and amazing. And they're always on sale. 
and they really give you the same level of uh, let's call it vocal processing. Yeah. Um, basically, you install an app on your computer, and then it'll give you all of these sort of plugins that you can do just to make your voice sound sweeter and get rid of all that background noise. And it's almost indistinguishable between these higher end mics that we're using right now. It's funny. I just, I, I just love the versatility. I just remember in the old days um, with CKNW, like I'd have to go down to the station and do it live, uh, and then you know we decide. I decided. I didn't want to drive into Vancouver seven days a week, right? Because I'm, I'm working five, six days a week in my office and then doing the radio show another day. So I started pre-taping a lot of the programs. Uh, but even then I had to go to CKNW and, you know, they're busy there, right? So I'm the weekend host. I always got the, the crappy recording studio, right? It's like the gear from the 70s, uh, essentially. So, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Uh, so I just love the fact now that, you know, a lot of this gear... And it's professional has come down in price so much. Like we got this Roadcaster Pro, uh, you know, it's around six, seven hundred bucks. Uh, I think it was eight hundred bucks new. Yeah, but I mean, you can give, we we've seen these things like on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace for you know three, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Now but think about what it replaces though. It's actually a bargain because if you think of all the things you would have need to haul around. Yeah. It, it takes care of everything in one box. Yeah. Processing everything. You don't need a producer. You've got your pads. You, you need a laugh track. You just click a button. It's all good. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is, uh, you know, so you, you could get a really decent microphone like that Rode one I talked about, uh, the USB one for 120 bucks, you know, and just use your computer and software like Audacity, which yeah. is a free, it's free recording software. And I'm self-taught on that thing. And I can, I can edit like a pro now in my mind, right? <laughs> but it's what I edit the radio show on. And it's great. I can clean up. I can add effects in and put music beds in and, and everything. And, and if you do want to go live, Mike, you can do it all over again. Yes. On this. And it's easy this, I could. these days. I could. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're going to talk, talk cryptocurrencies now. They've had a wild ride, as always, uh, especially this year. On the line, we've uh, got a good friend, Michael Vogel. He is uh, a cryptocurrency expert. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Hey, thanks, Mike. Pleasure uh, to talk. Yeah, before we get into uh, the year in review here, what are some of the things you're involved with now? What company are you heading up this year? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so so uh, I'm, I'm currently the CEO and, and founder of CoinStream. Um, I got started in, in crypto years ago. Uh, uh, I founded uh, Netcoins, which is one of Canada's oldest uh, crypto exchanges. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been quite an interesting journey from 2014 to now. The, the crypto world has, has changed and changed again many times. Maybe let's start with Bitcoin. Uh, what's happened this year? I, I think it's hit some of its all-time highs, like it seems to every year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so 2021 was a very interesting year for, for crypto. Um, I'll start off with some numbers. Just, uh, just, you know, you got to have numbers with, with crypto. So um, around the year to date, um, if you if you bought Bitcoin January first and you held it to it around now, you'd be looking at about sixty percent return. Um, and if you sold it at Bitcoin's peak, which uh, happened uh, maybe a month or so ago, uh, it would have been up around one hundred thirty percent. So wow. yeah, so twenty twenty one Bitcoin hit another all time high uh, in its ten plus. Uh, year history and so that was around 67,000 US for the you, You've been in this game for a long time Michael does it still surprise you 
how how high it's gone? Yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone in the crypto space could have only dreamed that crypto would have or Bitcoin would have reached this this type of valuation. And you know, the, the almost strange thing is it, it's it's hard to predict the price because you know people that have been in it so long. You know, there was times when Bitcoin was you know worth you know a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars, and you know if, if it can be worth five hundred and worth fifty thousand, then you know it's it's impossible to predict because maybe it could be worth five hundred thousand. So it's it's hard to say whether we peaked or we're still at the bottom. It's, it's almost, it's almost hard to comprehend. And, and yeah, it, and obviously it's very cyclical. There's, there's high highs and there's low lows. So that, that's, that's something that you know, everyone needs to remember. So I think when a lot of people think of cryptocurrencies, obviously Bitcoin is the number one that comes to their mind, but there are many, many others out there. Have they seen the same type of uh, success is it a roller coaster ride for them as well, like Bitcoin? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the interesting thing with this year in particular is, is the breakout of, of other categories of crypto. So, yeah, Bitcoin's interesting because um, it's, it's currency focused, right? You can use it for buying stuff on the internet, or you can use it to speculate. Um, but there's also what I call boring cryptos, <laughs> which are uh, um, stable coins is, is the proper term, and, and that's basically a crypto which is tied to something like the U.S. dollar. So let's say you want to get involved in crypto, but you're really worried about this volatility. Well, you can still participate and you can buy what's called a, a USD coin. And it's actually, there's two different USD uh, coins, US dollar coins, and they're in the top 10 market cap of all uh, cryptos. So they're they're very popular and, and they've, they've really had a breakout year. So uh, that's kind of interesting as well. What about uh, Elon Musk? He's uh, Time Magazine's person of the year he had his own crypto as well Do- dogecoin yeah so he uh, he's an interesting uh, uh, ambassador to the crypto space uh, his his tweets will often send the price of bitcoin uh, or or other cryptos including dogecoin you know going up and going down depending on you know his whims of the day and so uh, it's kind of fun to watch uh, i think it's it's stressful for a lot of people that uh, are really you know heavily invested into crypto but um, you know one notable thing is like you said, person of the year, uh, you know, richest person on earth, uh, you know, and his company Tesla bought $1.2 billion of, of Bitcoin earlier this year. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a, you know, a big statement, right? And, and it makes Bitcoin and crypto really hard to ignore when someone that high profile is, is, is involved in the space. We see uh, cryptocurrencies also uh, taking a large role in another big I don't even know what to call it. Uh, yeah. NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the talk of the town now, uh, you know, a way to authenticate uh, digital properties. Uh, but I think maybe some people don't realize that NFTs, they, they might kind of be able to wrap their head around it. They're tied to yeah. a cryptocurrency as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think NFTs are really exciting for people that uh, maybe aren't too interested in the, you know, the speculative slash investment side of, of Bitcoin. Um, and, and are interested in sort of these new these new world applications, right? And and Facebook has thrust itself right in the middle of it by you know, announcing that it's being part of this you know, quote metaverse. And NFTs are, are are really part of that. So NFTs are sort of something that's like a crypto token, but it ties into things like like gaming, you know, with like video gaming, um, or or music or um, art, right? There's, there's there's new ways now for artists to, to you know, monetize their following. Right. They can. There's been uh, musicians, high-performing musicians, that have released tracks, uh, songs through an NFT, 
and it's a little bit hard to understand until you until you try it out. But um, I guess the long story short is kind of like how Bitcoin was cutting out the middleman, being you know the banks and the government. The NFTs are sort of in, sort of in one application, allowing artists and creators to to sidestep you know having to go through uh, um, you know a, a corporation or a distributor, and they can basically distribute their music or art directly to their fans now using this technology. So it's, it's really interesting. And I think that's probably maybe in 2022 where we're going to see even more interesting stuff uh, um, develop. You know, this, this chatter of, you know, maybe someone will create uh, you know, a new iTunes, but it's decentralized and owned by the public. And, you know, it runs on these NFTs. So it's definitely something to watch. And I think it's something that'll probably end up being more mainstream than, than crypto itself because crypto is more you know, dedicated to this payment. Whereas the, the NFTs uh, touch all kinds of, of industries. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to put uh, put out your crystal ball. What what are you seeing for 2022? Are we going to see the same rise in value for these cryptocurrencies? I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> Either that or I wish I had a time machine and I could go back. But uh, yeah, I, I think... I think it, with every passing year, it's it, you know the the so-called crypto haters become fewer and fewer. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to hate the you know the volatility and the speculative nature of it, and I would never encourage anyone to you know go all in onto crypto because it is very very volatile and you know there's still a lot of risk, right? You know, yes, every every year that we, that has gone by, we've seen all-time highs for crypto. We've also seen all-time highs in terms of you know the number of uh, the dollar amount of Bitcoin stolen or hacked. Right, so it, it you know there's still some maturity to happen in the industry. Now, in terms of adoption, I think that's still going to keep keep growing this year. And whether that translates to a higher value, you know, that's for you know, each person to to do their own research. But you know, this past year, the, the theme was uh, increased corporate adoption, right? like Talus, uh, like Tesla, and um, you know, celebrity adoption, Snoop Dogg being a you know, big NFT uh, promoter. And you know, I think we'll probably see more of that in 2022, just more mainstream. Uh, adoption. Talking with Michael Vogel, cryptocurrency expert. Thanks for joining us today, Michael. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Mike. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with The App Show. Mike and John here. We've got uh, one of our contributors in studio with us, Stephen Fung. We're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite and most used apps of 2021. John, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What uh, would be on the top of your list? So one of the apps that I never expected to use a lot, but thanks to some pretty interesting developments in the cryptocurrency world, I did set up a Coinbase account. Okay. So that's where you Is this like a wallet? Yeah. So it's a digital wallet where you can buy and sell cryptocurrency and it's tied to your bank account. And so you can basically decide, oh, I want to get some Bitcoin or I want to get some Ethereum or whatever. Or if you have a nice uh, increase in one of those currencies that you currently are holding, you can easily sell some of it off and get it deposited directly to your bank account. How easy is it to sell this stuff? Dead easy. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Coinbase has really made it as simple as possible uh, to do the transactions uh, backwards and forwards. Um that was always kind of the problem before is you had to have like a wallet and you had to have these other places that you'd have to do all this stuff and nothing would actually directly connect to your bank account. Yeah. 
But I know, Stephen, you were doing something kind of similar with Wealth Simple because that's something that they recently added. Yeah, uh, Wealth Simple was something that I got into mainly because of the pandemic, because I had all this extra money from not you know, going out and having lunch at our favorite restaurants. And uh, I put that money into the stock market. And one thing that I found out about Wealth Simple recently is that they've started to connect wallets to their crypto product. Uh, which is built inside the main Wealth Simple app. So you can actually transfer assets back and forth from your Coinbase wallet or other wallets that you may own, and then you can buy and sell right inside their interface and transfer those profits back into your regular wallet, which is interesting. So you can use a regular bank account. You can also use crypto wallets Absolutely. as well. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. And But how difficult is it to set this stuff up? Can like normal people do it? Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. make it so easy. And I think John Eccles is, is that they make it so easy that everyone can get into it. I'm just amazed that, that no one's thought of this earlier. Yeah, because I mean, they take, they def, definitely have taken the barriers out of entry. You do have to authenticate it and you, you sort of have to prove that who you are. And so you, I, of I, course. I forget what level of uh, ID you have. I think you have to send a photo of your ID and, and that kind of stuff. But once you've done that and you've d- done it once, it's it's very easy. I know Robin, one of our other contributors, he and I were always out at lunch talking about, oh, there's some new coin that we should check into. We'd both buy 10 bucks worth or something like that. And, you know, we had one, we had uh, the Shibu Inu yep. cryptocurrency. What? Shibu Inu? Yeah, the little, Inu. you know, the dog. Yeah. Yep. It's like a version of a cryptocurrency oh based on God. the dog. We bought it for like, I think, $10. And over the past six months, it's gone up and down. That same $10 for me is worth about a, at the peak in the summertime it was about $160. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? No. Yeah. Okay, what is it worth today, though? Because you, uh, you didn't sell it, did you? No, I didn't sell it. Um, <laughs> it See, it, that's it, the thing with the cryptocurrencies, right? They're so volatile. You are. could be like, look at uh, Bitcoin, over $60,000 for one Bitcoin, yeah. and then it dropped like tens of thousands of dollars. Well, you know, one of the nice things about apps like Well Simple is that they do offer the ability to buy into ETFs, which are these consolidated funds that are actually based on the real crypto. They're hedged and there's only so much that you can lose. So what I did was I actually bought both of Canada's uh, or two of Canada's uh, Bitcoin ETFs. Um, one's done by um, CI and the other one's done by another company. And I bought into them really early on for like $5 per share. Yeah. And now they're up to 10. Okay. It, they went down to eight. When they Too crashed. bad you didn't put $10,000 in. I know, I know. Like, I mean, why can't <laughs> don't I- don't pay him enough. <laughs> Why can't I be like that uh, that dad that bought the Shibu Inu for like eight like eight thousand dollars and became a millionaire in like six months? Mine's worth ninety dollars now, though. It's worth ninety. You put ten dollars in. Yeah, but not all of them do that. No, no definitely no, not. No. no, there's other ones I spent twenty bucks. They're worth a dollar twenty five now. Okay, so you're like break even. <laughs> no, but it, I look at it. It's kind of like playing the lottery. Yeah, you know, I. I I don't put a lot of money into it, but it's just kind of fun to track and see. And you, I get notifications when things go up or really low. And, you know, it's it's an interesting way to get into that space. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you one of my apps that I thought was really interesting this year. And uh, John, I know you've seen this as well, Polycam. Have you tried that a lot? No. No. Um, so this basically will let you take a 3D camera view of whatever room you're in and create a 3D model of it that you can then walk through. Mm-hmm. So on your iPhone, for example, you basically just kind of turn the app on and it uses your camera and then you just kind of walk around the room and then it creates like a 3D version of that room for you. Oh, that's interesting. What would you use that for? I don't know yet. 
<laughs> that's always the problem with this stuff. Unless you can export it as like a 3D model. You can. You, you can. You can then 3D print. Yeah. But even then, it's not going to be that good yeah. quality. It's using the, the LiDAR function of the newer iPhones uh, right. built into it. But uh, if listeners, if you get a chance, you've got one of the newer iPhones, download it. It is crazy fun. I, again, I don't know what I'm going to do with these rooms. I can see some benefit in the yeah. film industry. I mean, if you're scouting a location that you can only run through for five minutes and you yeah. just get a quick scan of it, you can at least send that off to your location manager to see if they can get it for you. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty cool. Like once they work some of the kinks out on this thing, it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of my app. Uh, and one more, and I hate going down the finance route again because it's boring to me, uh, but Wise, the Wise app. Now, that is an amazing app. Like if you're doing any transactions or, or taking money in uh, in foreign countries like the US or countries in Europe, you can have your own accounts for all that foreign currency. And they have really good exchange rates for transferring it back to Canadian yeah, our or, friend, back, or back to the, the other currency. Our friend Ted did a uh, review of that. It's yeah, on it's up on our website. website. It, it's actually an amazing app. It's really good. Like I wish they had this stuff 20 years ago. Well, and they just got a, they literally just came out with, I don't think it's going to be available to Canadians until the new year, a debit card. Yes. So. That you'll be able to access all your accounts. That's yeah. when it's fun. Which I think is uh, pretty cool. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tell you about our giant contest going on. We're giving away over $1,000 in Philip Hue Smart Lighting. This stuff is amazing. And we'll tell you how to get extra entries into our contest. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. Been going for over 20 years now. Across the Chorus Radio Network, Saturdays across the country. And we also podcast that show and the app show here. You can uh, find those podcasts on your favorite uh, podcasting sites like iTunes, Spotify, Curious Cast, and many, many more. And of course, right up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And let's talk about the contest, guys. This is a great contest. Philips Hue Smart Lighting. I use it in my house. It is amazing. They got all sorts of different types of bulbs and light strips uh, for your rooms, for your TVs, for outdoor. We're giving away three prize packs worth over $1,000. And you can actually get extra entries, Stephen. Yeah, if you uh, go to our contest page, which is on our website, uh, there's actually a image on the front of the page. It's big, so you can't miss it. If you go down there, check out all the prizes. At the bottom, there's a form. Uh, if you're a newsletter subscriber already, you have to confirm your email address to be able to enter this giveaway because every giveaway that we do has certain terms and conditions that you need to uh, agree to. After that, it opens and unlocks a bunch of different ways that you can get new entries. For example, watch a video on Philips Hue, um, check out our Facebook page, uh, check out our YouTube channel, um, share with your friends. There's a bunch of different ways. And you know, the more ways that you use to enter, the more entries you're gonna get. And again, getconnectedmedia.com is the place where it all happens. Uh, you know, we're literally giving away thousands of dollars of prizes uh, each year, all sorts of different tech gear. And uh, again, here in December, it's the Philips Hue Smart Lighting. Uh, we've got some great videos as well on some uh, installs we've done. Uh, my favorite would be the TV, though, the home entertainment, the HDMI sick. sync box. I mean, it is a few hundred bucks, but it is amazing. You know, essentially, you put a light strip around your TV. You can also get some additional uh, uh, bar lights beside the TV, and it extends the colors from whatever movie or TV show you're watching across the entire wall and room. It's, I don't know, it's, it, it just takes it to another level. 
You're never going to a movie theater again. No, I've got the movie theater in my house. Like it, it is just amazing how it just kind of transforms the experience. Well, I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Stephen, John, and Christina. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.